This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, December 30th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. The Government Accounting Standards Board, or GASB, effectively sets rules for how many state governments run the numbers for dozens of programs. Now a new bit of guidance from GASB will compel many states to begin reporting direct preferences and subsidies given to companies and individuals. Will Freeland with the American Legislative Exchange Council discusses what the new reporting means. Gatsby uh, recently released, after sort of a year-long commenting and drafting process, uh, Statement 77, uh, which is sort of supposed to go after uh, tax carve-outs. So originally, a lot of folks thought that what they were going to be going after was sort of the type, making states put out the type of report that the federal government has to put out every year, which reports every single thing that could sort of theoretically be part of the code that's chopped out. Uh, accounting for that, saying what it is and how much it is. So carved out of the code, mm-hmm. meaning a special exemption That's right. to some tax uh, or uh, fee that, that they would otherwise have to pay. That's right. It could be everything from one thing that the on the federal level, the um, Joint Committee on Taxation, they even look at health care exempted from the income tax code. But on the, you know, the farther end, they look at things like if you get a hybrid credit or things like that. So all of these credits, the earned income tax credit, um, they do an accounting for it. And the states often do a very poor job of accounting for these. We don't know how much there is. We don't even know what the programs are. Um, and so a lot of people have been complaining about this, uh, how little sunlight there is for so long, how little we even know forget about the performance level, just about what's even being given out and how much to who and for how long. Um, and so Gatsby's attempting uh, to crack down on that. Um, so in a good, some of it in a great way, which is that they're going to be going after the one-on-one sort of direct negotiated preferences to companies, but there's also some things they sort of left out. So like payments to an, a firm that has located in your state or is considering locating in your state in exchange for some uh, jobs created, some number of jobs created. Perhaps the state would own the property and uh, charge them a dollar lease for however many years. Any, there's any number of ways that that, uh, that happens at, at the state level. So um, how does that actually uh, improve the situation for most states? When, say, a company like Boeing starts maybe thinking about leaving states, there's this huge sort of almost arms race of all of these jobs funds and legislators that get these tax deals together um, just for Boeing. So these aren't a general you know, industrial jobs credit. This is just we're going to give Boeing something, and it's often just blanket abatement of all taxes, all property taxes. Could be one category, could be every single one, could even affect local government's uh, collection of property taxes for three, four, five years, uh, a decade. So these are negotiated direct uh, deals. Gatsby's now now is saying that states are going to have to report on all of sort of the financial details of these. Of So how much for how long, uh, under what law, for what purpose, so on and so forth. Although one thing is that they have said they do not need to name the company. So it's just going to be sort of an accounting for how much money is being sort of handed out, so to speak, through these tax carve-outs and tax preferences, but no names. In terms of big numbers, though, for most states, it would be pretty clear who some of these companies are. You have to imagine some of them so big, and then especially the way that the purposes may be written, um, unless they're just all so sufficiently vague. But yeah, you can imagine that you could pretty easily figure out 
uh, a lot of them. So. And, a lo- and a lot of these subsidies that go to uh, big companies, quite often it's uh, an NFL team owner sure. or a uh, NBA team owner or an MLB team owner uh, in exchange for, hey, you don't have to pay taxes on the stadium because the city owns the lot and we're, we're therefore we're not going to charge you property taxes for however many years. Yeah, that's absolutely right. In fact, across the board, it's probably a lot of companies and groups that you have heard of. It's some of the most sort of well-connected and prominent and blue-chip companies that legislators want to do a big ribbon-cutting and sort of smile and be able to say, this is how many jobs uh, that we're creating uh, this year. And so, yeah, it does tend to be exactly those types of companies. So what is left out of, of this kind of reporting requirement? You said that there are States frequently have very mm-hmm. poor uh, explanations for this kind of stuff, if they explain them at all. So what, what's left out of this uh, otherwise beneficial uh, requirement? So what's left out is sort of all of the things that are not direct. They're not a handout to a company by name, but they're a handout to a whole grouping of companies that just fit a certain criteria. You're a green energy company, so we're just generally going to give you a 10% deduction on taxes. That wouldn't, under this rule, if the states just narrowly fold it, uh, would not be reported. Um, and then so we did a report about a year and a half ago about sort of the state of affairs and all of this reporting for these sort of big picture uh, credits, not just the narrow stuff. Uh, and what we found was that there were sort of five states that didn't even issue a report at all, didn't even pretend to provide any information about it. Thankfully, that's gotten a little bit better. About two states have added it since then. But besides that, there was about another 10 states that they might have almost might have well not issued a report. Their reports were so bad, so worthless, so little information uh, involved. There was probably only a handful, five to 10 at most, that were really useful. Um, and so universally, all of this information is bad. So a lot of us had hoped that uh, thus they wanted more sunlight in all of these tax preferences and whatnot, especially the indirect ones hoped that Gatsby's rule was going to sort of affect those other things, and unfortunately it doesn't. It's still sort of left up to the state's purview. So if I am a speaker of a state legislative house or the president of the Senate, and I want to escape the provisions of this Gatsby rule, it seems to me that I could define various uh, credits and various tax preferences in such a way that they apply to a handful of select groups, perhaps even one company, but I've defined it objectively within the law so that were a second company that fits this criteria to come to the state, they also would qualify for this uh, benefit. Under the Gasby statement, would a company like that or would a law written like that require the reporting of this kind of data? My reading currently is no. So there's a specific phrase in it that is uh, in the Gatsby rule, which says, resulting from an agreement between a government and a taxpayer. So there has to be some formal, you do this. It's sort of same as like contract law. There almost has to be like consideration. The government has to agree. The firm has to agree. So if it's just a general you know, in theory, anyone could get it tax credit, even if the definition of it is so narrowly tailored. There's only conceivably one firm at present that could fit it. Um, that wouldn't count, and it wouldn't trigger sort of a reporting requirement uh, if the state just narrowly followed Gasby's rule. Of course, as you point out, they can choose to more aggressively report. Um, they can 
choose to less aggressively report and ignore the rule if the state legislature gives them such guidance. Uh, but that's sort of what the rule calls for. It, it seems to be, I mean, on net, it seems to be a, a good thing that is to say that it uh, requires states to begin reporting presumably all sorts of economic development spending that otherwise would just be a line item uh, in a report. Yeah, we don't have a good handle in a lot of states on how much money is given out, especially how much money is in the future, because a lot of these are done sort of as a percentage. They're, they're sort of set up in ways where a lot of legislatures, especially states that have a lot of turnover, don't really even necessarily know what has been is still on the books in terms of things that have been given out a decade ago, but still affect uh, tax burden. So there's actually been a lot of issues. Michigan is one of these states, for example. They decided to flip all of their economic development stuff, at least on budget. So they were handing out cash instead of abating taxes because they were having such a hard time even knowing what they expected to have come in in taxes because they companies were like, well, we're claiming this abatement you gave us years ago. Uh, or some states, they're even tradable. So we bought this abatement from another company, and so we're cashing it in this year. And then the state uh, state treasurer's office that does this type of forecasting, they had no idea. And so they're like, oh, that's a billion dollars or you know, $100 million that we expected to come in that isn't going to now. Um, and so it can create quite the mess. Uh, so yes, this is absolutely a positive thing, us getting a way better handle on exactly how much is being given out for how long and so on and so forth, and especially also the purpose. Why are we doing this in the first place? What are we expecting to get out of it? Will Freeland is a research analyst at the American Legislative Exchange Council. Learn more about government handouts at our website, cato.org.